back in, I think it was middle school, I had like a few month long kick where I was thinking about a rap career. Really? <laughs> Did you yeah. come up with a rap name? No. That was the one thing I couldn't figure out. And then a couple of times I would like record myself rapping something. <laughs> it was hideous. Do those files still exist? Because I want them. That, that will not. go on the, the holiday I, blooper reel. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Unless I could find my old iPod Touch. Can I have that there? I require it. M- Matt's rap corner. Because the philosophy corner didn't work out. It's. Uh, I blame you for philosophy corner not working out. Because you never brought it up again. I brought it up at least twice since. But you haven't said, now it's time for philosophy corner. You know, this is your podcast too. But... <laughs> take control i know you don't want to listen to it <laughs> well Maybe then the i see too. a problem with your with your I plan think no, we just need bonus content yeah. oh where you record without me for your patreon Ooh, we should get a make, patreon make a patreon and have that's bonus how we content. get a sponsor <laughs> i'll work on our bonus content okay you have fun doing that updated. and editing it and uploading it to places i'll just not do that i'll need to take my microphone back then <laughs> But we'll work on that. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Oh, did we clap? I clapped. Oh. You were too distracted, having a good time. Yeah. Working on working on my rap game. I don't know if I'm pointing the right way. No, no, I'm just fine. Are you here for a feature? <sighs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> on my song. Oh, yes, oh. of course. Oh, yeah, we're recording right now. You didn't know that this was a musical episode of the podcast. I didn't. Oh, we should do like holiday but, are you carols. Bust out your flute? But it's like avant-garde. Oh, yeah, get the flute out. So it's just dissonant pedal tones underneath everything. I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't get any of that. Yeah, I have no music is. literacy. <laughs> dissonant just means it sounds like shit. Pedal tones means it just drones underneath everything else. Okay. So it'd just be an ugly drone underneath the entire podcast. I think it would be great. I think we should try it. Since we're already on Spotify, we can release, like, a Christmas album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would still be labeled as a podcast, though. So, that's okay. <laughs> I don't think we need a you, Christmas album. You can't album. relabel as an artist and then we'll just drop put, whatever you want. We'll just put all it's of our separate, tracks separate process. into uh. one episode. So, just, like, an hour-long episode, but it's broken. It's like and an old-style album. you can't the it's like how music used to be before we had this thing called Spotify. You excited for break? Anybody? Oh, yeah, Thanksgiving break. I'm going to get so much done. You were saying? I'm excited to not be concerned with classes and I'm so that I can focus on writing my statements of purpose. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. I'm going to be writing a lot because I also, right after we get back, I have to give a presentation on my thesis work to a really important person to try and get into their group for grad school. Mm. So, like... It's fine. <laughs> have you have you mentioned your dietary restrictions about the lunch? Oh yes, I I, I mentioned it to my advisor today, and he's like, "It's cool, just being like a, a like because they're just eating at Brookhaven, which I didn't realize, which is like oh, buffet okay. style, so I can just salad bar it up." Oh, so the conference is like here, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It, it's at Brookhaven. Uh, so. And you want an ATF? Come, I'm gonna be there for like three hours, and then I'm gonna leave. I asked him today, I was like, is it worth me staying at this conference and, like, going to the talks and, and seeing what's up? And he's like, 
they're all like project proposals for very niche accelerator interests that are going to be a bit too technical for you. And so there's like four talks that are more like introductory talks and like kind of bigger picture stuff. And he's like, stay for those. And then <laughs> nope out of the whole conference. <laughs> so not quite. Um, but let's actually introduce the podcast a little bit because what we forget is that our listeners haven't actually heard the first time we recorded this episode. So they don't know who Alex is. Alex, who are you? Oh, hello. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I said I would make the joke again. I'm glad um, you remember that. <laughs> uh, I'm Alex. I'm a geology major. I know Matt tangentially from around the astronomy department. Around and the penthouse floor of ESS. Yes. Um, the Earth and Space Science Building, a.k.a. where I live. And then Aud- the last, the first time I met Audrey was the last time we tried to record this <laughs> podcast. We didn't just try. We succeeded in recording the podcast. True. <laughs> what we failed at was publishing the podcast <laughs> that we recorded. So I did my job. Yes, you did. I did my job. I had no part. I might need to rethink my mic layout. <laughs> There's a fine line here. I think... <laughs> I don't know if I can record every episode from here on in leaning across my desk. Like, I'm comfortable now, but I don't know if it's a sustainable position. Yeah, yeah, episode round two. I was very happy to hear that you guys thought that the first one was, like, the best episode of podcasting oh, yeah. ever. It's the peak, you know? Nothing will surpass. Except this one. <laughs> this one will best it. One could only hope. Oh my god. I'm getting too many emails. Hi, I'm very important. Are you good? <laughs> I've had a very long day, and I just got out of a two-hour meeting, most of which consisted of trying to find very specific data files that we didn't know the location of. I hate doing that. Yeah, so I... Because they weren't our files. Mm. They were someone else's that we needed to track down, and so it was just... Like, I think we spent a full hour trying to find these data files, and then when we found, we couldn't find the actual ones, and then we found other ones that were in such a weird format that when we tried to open them on either of our computers, it crashed the computer. Like, it uh, it didn't crash the full computer, it crashed the text editor, or whatever you opened it in. Like, I couldn't open it from my terminal. Couldn't do it. Didn't work. Just crashed. What kind of data was this? I don't know. Couldn't see it. <laughs> um... Because the simulations that we work with are, like, ridiculous. And they put out very chunky files. Like, one of the things he sent me was, like, he's, like, trying to find these, like, individual data files that shouldn't be too big. They're, like, a couple hundred megabytes. So they're not small, but they're not massive, you know? And then he's, like, scrolling through trying to find this data file. And he finds one that's, like, 12 gigs of just data. And one that's... 46 gigs of just just data and i'm like please don't send me those because i think my computer would die instantly that's ridiculous yeah it's, they're very very chunky which is kind of the motivation for a lot of the work i've done so no i don't think my files get anywhere near that big most of them end up being like images but you know i actually don't look at my files enough <laughs> yeah 46 gigs is probably a little under a quarter of my laptop's entire memory space it's a third of mine more than that i have a tiny laptop i'm like don't send that to me i don't have room it was on google drive i don't even know how they fit that on google drive that must have taken at least a day continuously to upload i know 
It's ridiculous. Don't we also only get like a certain amount I, on well, Google Drive? I can guarantee they have like a premium thing. Oh, I'm to sure they spend do. It. But like, if they were to put it on yours. Oh yeah, no. If they tried to like move it to mine, I I could not. I I think I only have like 10 gigs left on my Google Drive, something like that. I've been thinking about upgrading to the 100 gig plan. Yeah. Someday in the future. How much do you store in your drive? Everything. Yes. Nice. I have both my drives mounted to both of my computers. So I guess I do kind of use them a lot. I've tried figuring out how to get Google Drive, like, I guess mounted, like, on the desktop where I can just pull everything in. I still can't figure it out. What do you, you have a, a Windows? Windows. Oh, Windows. Do you have a Windows? I'm really tired. <laughs> have I mentioned that yet this episode? I feel like it's time. You can't get more than five minutes into the episode without me saying I'm tired. But have you had a long day? I've had a really long day. I left my apartment at 8. I got back at 6.30. So, not a short day. Busy day. Busy Friday. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the way you want to spend your Fridays. Mm. Anywho. It's not that hard to mount it. I, I never did it on Windows. On, on Linux, it was like two seconds. Okay. It, I mean, it took a lot of time to actually establish itself on my computer, like, to get all the files ported in. Mm. But, like, the actual work on my part was, like, log in. You're good. Yeah, because I've definitely had that happen to me where I lost important data mm. because I didn't back it up. And it was, like, half of a research project. And so I haven't really ever gone back to it. Uh. And it was from an RU. And so the original data exists on a computer at the American Museum of Natural History but I have not gone to go get it. Can you not SSH in? Ah, uh, no. Can't remove Those access? are like, those are very, those computers I think you're not allowed to. Oh, That's like, muse- super security museum firewalls, whether those work, whether those are real or not. But you got top secret data you're working with? Mine wasn't, but. Are you sure? I mean, I'm sure the other people's were. Can, Can you I talk about it? your mic real quick? Yes. Sorry. Is this better? so much better okay i'm silly is it only like through the sides that it works oh it really captures that much from the top all right very misleading i'm sorry oh Oh my god look at that yeah i'm sorry if you you need okay (laughs) hello i'm sorry if you need to turn all of that up later in post-processing we're a high-tech podcast is all i'm saying the production value alone we may be high-tech but we are low knowledge (laughs) sometimes Hey, I feel like I'm being attacked. Hey, I'm tired. <laughs> Look. Anywho, um, tell me about yourself. Okay, so once again, I'm Alex. Um, for those of you who may know me or may not know me, I'm a geology major, but I am interested in planetary geology, so like the moon, Mars, asteroids, all that good stuff. Um, I'm also the president of the Astronomy Club here at Stony Brook, which is lots of fun. And uh, I also do undergraduate research. I'm also a senior, and I'm dying applying to grad schools and working on my own thesis. So I am also sprouting STEM. (laughs) Oh, wow. Why haven't we said that about people yet? (laughs) Have we mentioned that this is the name of the podcast since, like, episode one? 
probably not. Probably, probably not. not. <laughs> I was thinking about that when I was editing the last one. I'm like, you know, maybe one day we should like tell people what the podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> For all you new listeners, in case you don't know the title. Because we do really just jump in every week. Well, I mean, to be fair, I haven't listened to very many podcasts, but I don't know if that's not a normal thing to do. Eh, there's usually a welcome to this podcast. Here's who all the people are, and here's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we should introduce ourselves more, perhaps. It's all right. It's more off the cuff. People aren't going to be able to tell us apart, Matt. <laughs> that's okay. So we could be just the host. <laughs> the communal host. It's like um, it's like the Vatican, you know. <laughs> the, yeah. The church or the city. The, the, the or the country. The, exactly. The cities <laughs> and the country and like the Holy See, you know. There's my phone. Goodbye. It's fine. We're just. This is how today's going. So you're president of the astronomy club, right? Yes. Hmm. How'd you get into that? <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> so I guess. Coming into my freshman year here at Stony Brook, I there were a few clubs that I like definitely wanted to join. One was the culinary club, which didn't end up being like what I was expecting. Like they don't actually cook or do anything. They have like one program a month. But like they're fine, I'm sure, like not ragging on them. What do they do? Um, I don't really know. Um Fair. I see like one post a month from them. I think they have like one food related event. Mm. But I thought they would like teach you to cook. So didn't end up joining that. Um, I definitely wanted to join the astronomy club because I knew that I liked space. I was originally an astronomy major. Uh, like once you first get admitted and they're like, declare what you want your major to be. I was astronomy slash planetary science because as I'm sure you know, that's the name of the major. And like you, I also liked the planetary science side and wasn't really sure. Um, well, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so through a convoluted series of events of like going to admitted students day and chat and going to a talk called becoming a scientist at Stony Brook, which was given by a geology professor. Mm. I went up to her at the end said, hi, I'm like interested in geo. Um, I know this one professor in the department from doing a, a summer program here for two summers within the department. And she was like, Oh, that's cool. So we started emailing back and forth. I told her some of the faculty that I was interested in doing research with. One was in the astronomy department, but retired. And then the other three were in the geo department. So she put me in touch with the uh, geo undergrad advisor. I spoke with her when I came onto campus to take my Spanish placement exam. And so after that, well, when I was talking to her, she was a planetary geologist. And so I asked her, like, should I do geology or should I do astronomy if I want to do, like, your job? And she said, well, astronomers look at planets through telescopes, and we look at planets with, like, orbiters and rovers. And so I thought that was a lot cooler, and so I switched immediately and haven't looked back. But I still like space in general, so I definitely wanted to join Astronomy Club. Yeah, that second half of the major name is really misleading. Yeah. And I told Audrey this, but I have a bone to pick with it, because I'm sick of filling out all these applications and writing the name of my major slash planetary science mm -hmm. knowing full well we don't talk about that at all there's none of that in our department yeah so that's like a remnant of when the departments were together and like i've spoken to geo professors about it i've spoken to the astronomy professors about it and it's too much of a 
bother to try to get it changed at this point. Um, but yeah. Fair. Although I will say it makes me look a little more well-rounded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even though you've taken one planetary-related class. Although I have enrolled in the Geology of Mars class. Oh, you have? Nice. That is a geology class that I encouraged Matt to take the last time I was here. <laughs> the last time. If you want another here. one to take, um, there's actually a grad class being offered called Petrology of the Moon, which is basically just how rocks form. That's petrology. And so it's a two-credit, basically, paper reading class. Hmm. Um, yeah, so if you're interested, you don't need a geo background for it. I'll have to look into that. In case you're curious. I'm already overloaded for next semester. It's going to be rough. Why? Because... Oh, your music minor. Because my music minor... We talked minor, about this last time, didn't we? I don't know. Did we... Re- was the last episode... Didn't we record it, like, right when enrollment was? Or, like, around? I think, so. I think so. I'm already changing my schedule around. Yeah. Just yeah. because I'm realizing how overwhelmed I have been this semester... And so I'm dropping one of like the more work intensive classes I mm-hmm. foresee taking and just taking like one work class that I foresee. Like the only thing I need left to graduate is Spanish two because I placed out of one from that Spanish placement before my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to take differential equations. Oh, good. Because I think it would be useful. So useful. <laughs> oh. The AMS one? Yes. That's a great question. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know who's going to be teaching it yet. There's still no one assigned to it. Weird. But yeah, I'm planning to take that Spanish and then throw some research credit on just so that I can mm-hmm. have a, some relief and then take this read this paper reading class hmm. and just try to finish my thesis because I have honestly made very little progress on it this semester, which is you know, really bothering me you know what my advisor told me today he's like audrey like i i had some good results today mm-hmm. nice results and he's like audrey you know if you wrote this up right now you'd have an okay thesis like you could be done but like obviously we're not done he's like <laughs> everything else is icing at this point but it's like really good icing so like let's keep going real hard but that's nice like I, i've gotten quite a bit done this semester that's Especially compared, I feel like I did nothing last semester in my research, which is, mm. I feel like how your first semester of research always goes. Like, whenever you start in a new lab, which is why REUs are, like, kind of frustrating. Is yeah. like you you could, like, by the time you're into it, you're out of it. But I definitely re- agree with that. Yeah, I, um, last semester, I, like, so much of it was me just figuring out what I was actually studying, like, what kind of system I was looking at and how it worked. Whereas this semester, I had, like, I just did so much so fast that now we can, like, get real science information from my work, which is, like, wow, cool, nice. That's good. Yeah, I was listening to you talk about how often you have, like, check-ins on where you are in your project last for last week's uh, podcast. I was like, wow, thinking back, my original plan was to start my thesis work this past January, like, mm-hmm. work on it last semester, this semester finish like well like finish collecting all the data last spring Mm -hmm. process it all this semester and then spend next semester only writing and it is not it is yes Mm -hmm. that was the original goal and it is not at all working out that way but that's science and nothing ever does go the way you want it to yeah like i'm already two weeks behind schedule technically according to my original plan it's fine (sighs) but I, i did have a meeting with 
a former grad student who like is involved with the project that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. He was visiting yesterday. And so that was very relieving because we got an idea of an, like a direction to go with this so that I could submit an abstract for a conference that the conference is in March and the abstracts are due beginning of January Mm. along with all my grad apps, but it's after most of them. Yeah. Mine are all due mid December, mid December. We should on that, that Friday or Saturday, right before all of them are due, like December 15th, that's that Sunday. We'll record our episode as we submit them. Oh my God. And That's a fun idea. Just <laughs> cry on the podcast. Pure anxious tears. Oh boy. We could just tilt the microphone right over the mouse and just click. <laughs> like, That's the sound of just death. Sending my dreams off to the abyss. No, most of mine are due on the first, and I have a few. I have two due on the first of January. I have mm. two due on December 1st, and a, like two others sprinkled throughout December. It's a really wide distribution. Yeah. So the two that are due December 1st, the actual deadlines are January 1st. But if I would like to be considered for on-campus fellowships, Mm. then I have to apply by then, which there's no point in not applying for for free money. Oh, for sure. Mm. Speaking of free money, if anyone's looking uh, for a (laughs) podcast to sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) I made good money at my job. Hey, math works. Uh, I use your software all the time. Wolfram, is that you? Big, big fan of MATLAB. Uh, <laughs> looking uh, for some students to sponsor. Right here. Hey, Lockheed hey, Martin. Hey, Astronomy Club. Got some leftover budget. And you're looking if you're looking for a new logo, you know who to call. All right. You? Us, the host. Oh, wait. So in this scenario... <laughs> you are now collectively wait, 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 the graphic wait, wait, wait. designer. Let me, let me make sure I have this this business uh, plan that you have established like straight in my head. Is that the Astronomy Club wants a new logo. So they come to us as a collective, the host, who designs a logo. But within us, the collective, I would be the one designing the logo. And I would be the one making the negotiations. Oh, okay. I'm your okay, contact. Okay. I'm the liaison. <laughs> well, I, so, I can now contact either of you. What, what's the cut on that? We'll 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 discuss this. Is this is this a this 50-50 is a, a closed-door like negotiation? <laughs> I will not have this on record. <laughs> what I'm saying is that I'm bringing the technical skills to this scenario. In which case, I feel like your cut would be minuscule relative to mine. Unless I have a really good idea for you. Oh, yeah? In which case, I would have the creative license. The <laughs> well, intellectual property. Given that you looked at our logo already, which I think is great. Shout out to our old PR, Gary, but who has who like abandoned us. But still, he did a good <laughs> job with the logo. Um seems like she already has ideas since she was I, like it was okay it was okay i i definitely changed the colors i get rid of the background because that's too busy if you wanted to actually put it on things but you, mm. like you said you can't print it because it has the stony logo in it yeah so i'd probably alter that yeah we tried to get some stony adjacent things printed and no nowhere will do it yeah it's annoying yep copyrights am i right yeah we just finalized our T 
t-shirt design for this year. Oh, yeah, because Alana and Aaron were talking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we had a t-shirt design contest. Did they win? They did not. Oh. I, I liked their design I the best. I loved theirs. But no, it was a tie between our PR, our planetary relations officer, <laughs> Henry, and a, another club member. But Boo. we ended up going with Henry's design, which I really like. So we are now in negotiations with one of my old roommates who's a campus manager for a t-shirt company Hmm. do you find that what fraction of your club populace is mostly motivated by items such as t-shirts and snacks well i think i think our club is nice in that people are first and foremost interested in space like there are groups that only have like food and only like give out things but like our shirts are like incentives at the very end for people who are the most active so like we pick who actually gets like shirts or gets to go on field trips that we have so like we just had a field trip last weekend to the intrepid sierra and space museum and so we kind of like send out a interest form or like sign up form and the people who have like the best attendance who like volunteer for things that we have and who are the most engaged in the club are the ones who get to go on those trips or get t-shirts because we can only get so many tickets or so many shirts. Mm-hmm. So I think first and foremost, people come for space. Um, like at our first general body meeting of this semester, we had like 150 people come, which was quite overwhelming. That's a lot for Stony. Yeah. You can't get 150 Stony Brook students to do anything. Yes, it was crazy. The room that we use uh, has a fire capacity of like 30, and even though we took out all the tables, that maybe would have brought it up to like 40. Um, and so we fit, we definitely fit at least a 100 in there, but there was definitely spillage out into the hallway, and I had to send my VP AL to like like have a secondary meeting just like with the people in another room which was interesting but it's like trickled off since then and so right now we're generally staying at around 40 members a week which is really good because i think that for like an academic club which is what the university labels us actually an academic slash honor society which i don't particularly like that label because i think it has connotations with it that people like oh an honor society they're like uppity and there are like requirements for being in it but that is what they label us but in terms of being a club that's labeled as that i think we have really good attendance like compared to other ones and i would argue that we have one of the best attendances um like weekly besides some like the cultural organizations or some of the performance-based clubs yeah for sure i think it's uh in part due to your amazing marketing scheme oh really and which is what in that you have a megaphone oh so you remind you were there so, for that so i uh i won't say i tried to use it once but i was in the back rooms there and i picked it up and i was trying to work it and <laughs> i couldn't figure out how to, how to get it to work <laughs> yes our our megaphone is high tech so at the involvement fair which is how we got all these people i assume i was advertising with a megaphone in the middle of campus saying if you would like to go up to a roof of an academic building and look at stars join the astronomy club which Mm -hmm. definitely got a lot of people to stop and like come over to me and talk to me which 
I thought was very funny. The chance to go up on top of the roof of like an academic building is honestly a really good incentive. Mm-hmm. Is that something a lot of people want to do but never get the chance to do? Yeah. You can do it in some buildings on this campus. You can do it at the Simon Center. Yeah, you can do it at the Simon Center. Like legally or? Uh, It's technically restricted access Mm. during business hours when it's totally off limits outside the business hours. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you're you're not even really supposed to be on anything but the first two floors ever without a Simon Center ID. But guess who has one of those? It's me. Matt. Oh. I work there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you uh balance club life and school life? That is a very good question. <laughs> and uh do one, you? one that I um I think that so I've noticed that this semester I think of anything, the club individually, like since I've become president this mm-hmm. year, has taken up the most amount of my time. Like not a majority of it, but just the the largest fraction. Um, just from like, I've definitely been trying to make the club as great as I can this year, yeah. and this year especially, I've been trying to do like all of these collaborative initiatives with other clubs and just show our governing body that we deserve more money. So that we could do even more cool things. So like we had like this past Monday a collaboration with the photography club mm. for like an astrophotography workshop, mm. which was pretty neat. Um, and that was like a collaboration that we've never done before. We also had one with like OSTEM earlier in the semester. They wanted to learn about like the the O stands for like out. So members of the LGBTQ community um, in STEM, and we taught them a little bit about like what astronomy is. Mm-hmm. what astronomers do, what they do at Stony Brook, which was cool. They also have collaborated with like a bunch of other clubs, which have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to bring new initiatives has been a lot, um, which we haven't had. Like we always collaborate, but like just trying to push out new ones and just follow all the regulations that we need to and just address emails that come up and just random things that come up and just governing a club that meets weekly um is a lot especially because we like present each week on a different topic relating to space and like wrangling an executive board uh so it is a lot but i think that i do it okay like i know my grades definitely aren't slipping but like i said i haven't had the time for like my research as much which is unfortunate um i'm also a, a resident assistant um in one of the dorms so that is another time killer yeah so that's such a time consuming job yeah especially since i'm on like a smaller size staff compared to other like areas have duty more often yeah pretty much like once a week yeah if there's one thing you learned from being a club president what would it be i've learned so many things one is or, definitely. Or you could tell me about. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, whatever. Well, one is definitely delegation is very important because I have generally been like through my undergraduate career, like whether it's group projects or other things. Like, if I want something done right, I'll just do it myself. Um, largely because some of the groups have not had like the most competent 
group members. Um, but like I would say now, like my eboard is all definitely like very common and, and can do things. And so just making myself push things onto them to do and not taking it, it all on myself, like as soon as we get an email responding to it and like going across campus to address it, like trying to have one of them do that um, is definitely nice. Uh, also like collaborating with other groups, like I intend to pursue a research career. So just like reaching out to people for collaborations and like trying to do things like that, like cross collaboration is super important in research. Um, being a leader, working in a team, always important similarly for research or just in life in general this is true yeah and i guess not necessarily being part of being president but part of the executive board like we present each week so just like science communication i've definitely gotten to develop those skills a lot and i talk almost every week and i said a few meetings ago like if anyone would like if any members would like to like come up and give a presentation or just like a slide about space news something that happened that week in space they definitely can and they can develop their public speaking skills because i remember the first time i joined the executive board and i didn't talk in one of the presentations for a few months Mm. and then when i finally did i was so nervous yeah and now i can do it so comfortably on topics that i know nothing about Mm -hmm. astronomy related topics cosmology related topics i usually will delegate the majority of it to the more astronomy oriented and physics oriented members of the e-board but like i'm still okay with like talking about some of those things yeah which is nice i think that's something that we we should do and the, like we do within our our uh, kind of established groups is like practicing presentations for people but like as undergrads i feel like you don't really get that many opportunities to speak until it's like a big deal and you're ready to get real nervous about it yeah, especially not in science. Yeah. Like we have the we have the Alda Center, which is like designed for teaching people how to communicate science effectively. But I feel like just having practice presenting in an academic context and practice presenting outside of an academic mm-hmm. context is so important. Which is like something like this podcast helps us with for sure cuz obviously we talk about science from a non-scientific standpoint. But when it comes to time to give a presentation to, like, your lab group or at a conference, it's, like, such a different Mm -hmm. feeling. That it's cool that you get kind of experience, like, standing up in front of a crowd and talking about what you do. Mm -hmm. And it's for, like, our club members, Are a lot of them aren't even physics or astronomy majors. Mm -hmm. A lot of, like, many of them, like, only a minority of them are. And a lot of them are other fields of STEM or, or not even in STEM at all. So, like, we advertise like we are open to any background like you don't need any science background you don't need an astronomy background so we try to keep all of our presentations as entry level as we can yeah and that's always good too because i've i've sat down into so many presentations in like in in academic places like at conferences at lab meetings where there's no big picture given Mm. to help people understand who aren't like completely engrossed in in the topic already and it's, like, the first thing my advisor, when he gives, like, feedback on presentations, it's, like, the first thing he says. It's, like, what you need your first slide to be is the entire scope of your project, why it's important, and where you are in that, like, mm-hmm. in that project at the moment. So people know the context of what you're working on. 
before you start talking. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen conference presentations which just go right into it, <laughs> just and right into it. it seems like they're definitely geared towards the five people in the room that Already they know, they yeah. that they work with yeah. usually anyway. Where mm-hmm. this could have just they could have spoken about over a lunch, and just <laughs> yeah. if that was the only call. people that they wanted to address. But mm-hmm. like if you're presenting it, you want like new people to get an idea of what you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah which is why when i when i was at uh dnp in in dc the the people that i ended up reaching out to after the conference to try and pursue graduate research with are the people who were like great presenters because mm-hmm. i think that's such an important skill that i'd like to get even better at and so if i <laughs> like start research with someone and i realize that they, that's like a real weak point in in their skill set it's not going to make me want to work with them more so especially if you're going to be working under them yeah they're going to be your advisor yeah i want, I want my advisor to be to... better at me than, yeah. than presenting science mm-hmm. wait better than me at presenting science it's been a long day if i mentioned that <laughs> english tired. hard i'm tired look i slept plenty this week compared to you it's just it's been a lot mm-hmm I understand that. Got wrecked by PGRE scores this morning. It's not been a great day. I'm glad that I didn't have to take that. Yeah. But I didn't do too well on the general GRE either. But mm. one of the, like, probably my top program that I'm looking to apply to just dropped, the the, just dropped their requirement today. So that's really nice. Mm. Even though I already sent the score to them. But yeah, apparently three schools automatically received my pgrce scores how i don't know i don't know if it went automatically from because it was the ones i sent my GRE to oh did it send both of them i oh, wish i'd known cool. that i don't know but i was a little upset because oh. at least one of them i didn't want to know the score <laughs> i don't know if i can cancel it or what but yeah <laughs> apparently it's automatic you can probably check well i think it... it depends on your settings when you took yeah. it I think I chose most recent or something instead of all test scores. So I don't know if it will send all of them. No idea. <sighs> yeah. Was it a program that still required it? No. No. One, two of. Well, then they won't even look at it. At least one of them was. Well, they still look at it even if they don't require it. Hmm. Yeah, but just because they look at it doesn't mean they'll be impressed by it. They'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, mm, on second thought. I don't think that, that would happen. It's such a silly metric. I don't want to think about it anymore. It's taken so much of my life <laughs> already. Yeah. Like, I just want to be done with it. It's going to take a bunch of my money before I'm actually done with it. Because i got to send my scores everywhere. But, ugh. It's funny. At my RU this summer, we had, like, a workshop on the physics GRE. Mm-hmm. And the physics professor, who's definitely, like, a traditional physics professor, even though it was, like, a physics and astronomy department. And then, literally in the middle of the summer, it split to astronomy and planetary science mm-hmm. from the physics department was like just telling us about the physics jury and how to do well on it and all that stuff and he was like who's gonna take it and most of the people raised their hands and i was like i'm a geology major i'm applying to planetary science programs only one of them even mentioned it mm. so i'm probably not going to take it yeah was he offended by that no he's like okay that's fair um but yeah, he was kind of a crabby old guy. Yeah. Like a lot of the people were very upset after the workshop <laughs> with, with what oh, he was no. talking about. Literally every advisor that I've talked to 
and I've mentioned the physics theory, or just Jerry's in general have 100% agreed with everything we're saying about yeah. how terrible they yeah. are. And yet, then why is it so important? <laughs> like Everyone I've talked to has been like, your, your GRE scores don't matter. And yet... They still require it. They still require it, and they still weight them so hmm. large. I mean, it's hard weighing, like, a, prof- a personal a professor may personally not care, but an admissions committee may, mm. which is always the thing. Like yeah. that's how I was feeling about the general GRE. Um, like I, I st- like once I got my scores back, I started asking like in my calls with them, "Do you care about it?" Just because now it was not good enough that I shouldn't have been worried about it, mm. so now I had to kind of address it. And the few people who I spoke to were like, "No, like I don't really care. Like we are looking to drop it anyway." which was nice feedback for me at least. Mm-hmm. And especially if you get professors that haven't come up through the United States like system. Mm. Like I was talking to my research advisor about it and he did all of his education in the UK. And he's like, well, I when he was on an admissions committee, he was always like, I don't know anything about this test. Mm. I've never taken it. So I just ignored it and all the scores that came yeah, with it. And that's fair. Yeah. So it's a really hit or miss. Yeah, most of them, at least the ones that I've spoken to and grad students that I've spoken to say that they care most about the letters of recommendation. That's like the highest thing. And then the next yeah. thing is like statement of purpose and then grades and then I'm GRE if they care. so pleased in that like my, my advisor is obviously writing my letters of rec, but like just last week I came up with a really good idea. And he's remarked on it several times. He's like, wow, that was such a like clever idea to solve this problem. I'm like, I know, I came up with it. I'm like <laughs> taking aggressive credit for the fact that it was my idea so that he remembers it. Mm-hmm. So that he'll write about it? Not write about it specifically, but just remember the fact that I come up with really great ideas. Yeah. Yeah, like my advisor now will sometimes say like, oh, that was a good question. And I just want to be like, yes, please remember that. Remember that, <laughs> remember that I am question. inquisitive and ask good questions that have good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> should keep a list of everything you want them to remember and then just send it to them. Yeah, no, right literally today, I, like, yeah. I, I reiterated my, my plan in my in my slides that I sent him today. And he was like, oh, he was like reading like the thought process for how, how I arrived at that conclusion. He's like, oh, that's such a good idea. Did I come up with that or did you come up with that? I'm like, I did. It was mine. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with it. I'm great. Just needed to boost my confidence anyway. Mm-hmm. Meetings always help with that, I feel. Generally, yeah. Like, I've got an advisor that's very good at hyping me up, which is great. That's nice. Like, my advisor doesn't necessarily do it, like, to my face, but I think that he's really good about, like, me and, like, with some of his grad students of, like, talking about us to other people professionally, like, at conferences Mm -hmm. or, like, introducing me to people at conferences, which I thought was really nice of him. And, like, hyping up my project that is going nowhere, in, in my mind, at least. <laughs> and just talking about, like, yeah, he's doing this really cool project. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Tim. That's so nice. Yeah. Um, what else do we got to talk about? It feels weird because we have already talked about this. So, so I can't remember. Sure. Yeah. I can't remember what we've said tonight and what we said, like, two weeks ago that I'm forgetting. I think I think you did have a long music tangent. Oh, I probably for did. One point. Maybe this is the new strategy. We cut down episode times by recording all of them twice, so mm-hmm. I get all of my tangents out of the way. <laughs> That's a good idea. I don't yeah. know, we we definitely had some tangents. 
I'm remembering one that was like super satisfying, but <laughs> that you were saying, but I don't remember what it was. I just remember that it was like funny. <laughs> yeah, Matt, remember when you were funny? Mm, no, <laughs> I'm usually told I'm not. Can I do a pre-plant update? Sure. In that tomorrow, I am receiving not one, not two. I can't even do all of them. I'm receiving seven plants in the mail. Really? That's a lot. <laughs> how, how are they mailed? Yeah, good uh, question. That's a good question. That's a great Thank question. Thank you. <laughs> Can you remember that when you're writing my letter of recommendation? Do you want me to write you one? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right, sure. Can you be a character reference? <laughs> yeah, of course. Sure, grad schools would love that. I'd be happy to. Another undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> um, because first off, they're shipped in the place I order them from is not really a plant shop. It's more so a frog shop. <laughs> and so they're... Frog? frogs okay they, they ship frogs live ones for 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 keeping us like pets neat um and bugs i might get a millipede i'm really tempted um you could just turn up a rock no, outside your building they're <laughs> fancy millipedes they're great you can do it for bio extra credit. um <laughs> but, the illegal isopod trade so, <laughs> they ship the 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 plants in the same like shipping process that they ship live animals so it gets there super fast what if you accidentally get a frog I'd be seven so pleased. Frogs. Seven frogs, please. But um, they're they're for gifts. They're not they're not mm. to keep. One of them is to keep because I wanted it and I couldn't help myself. But six of them are not. So that's fair. Go. Lots of plants. Mm. That's my pre-plant update. I know for a fact we're gonna be picking up whatever they're watching out there. Yeah, I just heard that deathly scream. Yeah. So this happened like two episodes ago as well where like they were doing face masks in my in my apartment's like living room and like talking really loud about it and so but you couldn't you mostly couldn't hear it like picked up on the mics but then every once in a while there was like little screams coming through the podcast (laughs) and i'm like trying my best to edit them out but when they do it while you're talking i have no way of splitting them apart i don't think i really noticed that listening thank god because there were some really obnoxious ones i cut most of the most egregious Mm -hmm. ones out Mm -hmm. but yeah, we. This is the the downside of recording later at night is that everyone's home in my apartment, and I I live with like six people, so <laughs> they happen to have lives and do things that aren't silent. Hmm. So, believe it or not, believe it or not, and uh, as much as Stony Brick housing is, you know, fan fucking tastic, the walls aren't <laughs> the thickest. Oh, they are not. They are designed to be thin. Yeah, one of my um my neighbors is a violinist, hmm. and I know that hear them playing violin you should like harmonize with them with your flute <laughs> yeah let's have a duet oh my god i had i had my musicianship class today so here start... comes another tangent i know so i started <laughs> the music started I the music corner sing. i three days a week i start my day by singing and it's kind of nice and the melodies were very pretty today then you'll be all warmed up for our album yeah <laughs> we had some good uh lowered sixths in majors major uh keys which always adds a little bit of like, ooh. Ah, yes. They're lowering the six. Yeah. Why are they doing that? Make some funky chord options for harmonizing it. It was really nice. That's my story. Tangent over. Hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Tangents. <laughs> Shameless plug for Tangents. We haven't had one of those baby. in a while. Ding. Uh, Ding. Oh, my God. oh, we had that whole shameful plug tangent. 
But what? What if we shameful plug? I don't remember, but then that was another thing, and then the shameful. It's probably plug something was to do dumb. with applications. I, I feel like remember. this whole episode is going to be like, you know, when someone has a dream and wants <laughs> to tell you about their dream, and you're, you're like, you know, That's everyone what this feels like everyone knows you don't. No one gives a shit about dreams that other people have. It's not interesting. <laughs> so I feel like we're just like rambling about a thing we talked about two weeks ago that I can't really remember. Yeah, because like you're you're never interested <laughs> as much as you say you are. As, much, as attentively as you listen, you're never interested in someone else's dream when they tell you it. Yep. But yet, when you have a cool dream, like you, you feel tell the need to tell someone mm. about it. It's a weird dynamic. Oh, one question you did ask was, why should people get involved in clubs? Why should people get involved in clubs? Wow, that is a great question, Matt. Especially when they're burdened by exams and applications and they just feel like their life is completely occupied. Why should they make the time to go to a club? So I think the former president before me, that's what former means, Brian, I think he put it a really good way. The erstwhile. That means former. All right. Learned that on my GRE. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I thought we were past your GRE vocab. Um, it sticks with you. I still I, have I SAT keep it, word moments. I gotta really? keep it fresh in case I'm forced to take a gap year and I gotta retake the GRE. You don't, in the have, to you don't have to retake it. I will. If I am forced to then take another gap year, because they don't take me on the second. It's good for five years. Is it? I thought it was two. The normal GRE is five years. Sick. (laughs) So if you take six gap years, you'll have a problem. Well, then I won't be allowed to apply anymore. (laughs) Because usually you only get three tries. Wait, really? I've never heard that. I know at least one school. I was on their application. You had to list how many times you've applied before. You can only go up to three, and after three, you weren't allowed to apply again. That's so weird. I don't yeah. like that. No, I don't. Persistence like should pay off. Hmm. You ever seen Rudy? I don't know what that is. Yeah, but like ages ago, and I don't care about it because it's like sports. It's a good movie. I oh, recommend it's, a movie. it's about persistence. Right. Anyways, okay. <laughs> uh, why should people get involved with clubs? <laughs> so, yeah, Brian put it a good way. Like, as you mentioned, like, undergrad is very hard as we all know um and you could be going through you could be like not having a good time like socially well you could not be having a good time like academically like Mm -hmm. you could have a really rough test you just be like not enjoying like living on campus um just not enjoying yourself but if you have a club that you like to go to like every week or however often they meet and just enjoy yourself that's something that's really nice and like brian told me recently that he was planning to drop out of like school if he wasn't going to be the um the astronomy club president Mm. so i that was pretty surprising to me and i'm really glad that he stayed because i thought that he did a really good job um and so like that just goes to show like the impact that a that a club can have on someone yeah um and so i always recommend like people to join clubs get involved in any way that they can it just it's fun and it's something to just take your mind off of that physics GRE score mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or anything else. And another thing we talked about that I just remembered, um, and perhaps you could share your thoughts on this or mm. any sort of advice you have, especially from the perspective of someone who joined a club and then rose to the top of the ranks of it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say a freshman student comes in and they're 
really far from home their first semester and they're just looking to make friends so they see you know a club they're interested in mm-hmm. and they walk in and there's i don't know however many people are in the meeting and they're all like chatting they're all friends already and i feel like it could seem really daunting and really yeah. intimidating for mm-hmm. a kid to walk into a meeting and not know anybody everyone's always friends yeah it's a big barrier to entry when you walk into a room of people who know each other but don't know you yeah. right do you have any like advice for someone who wants to get involved with a club like especially their first time mm-hmm. trying to like i guess get themselves out there yeah i'd say like definitely have patience um you may join a club and realize that you don't like it and that maybe the people there aren't for you like i joined several clubs and that wasn't the case where i didn't like the people but like i joined a fencing club my first year i joined a ping pong club and so i eventually like dropped both of those um like there were some nice people that i met um but like even if you don't like the people or like you don't feel that you fit in like there are always other clubs that you can try joining and i'd say like i've spoken to a lot of people um about astronomy club because they now know me as the like either on the e-board or as the president and they'll say like oh yeah i went to astronomy club like my first my freshman year and i'd be like well why didn't you come back and they'll say there were just so many people at the first meeting and i i just didn't feel like coming back and it's pretty disheartening to hear and i definitely felt that like when i first joined um because our first meeting is always crazy and like just give it patience like it may take some time before you're ready to like talk to someone next to you I didn't really make my first friend in the club until like halfway through the first semester. And um, she's now my friend, she, uh, uh, Tommy, like shout out to Tommy. Like she's been my friend ever since. Um, like we were just hanging out the other day. Um, she's like the only other senior who's been in the club besides me since like our freshman year, mm. which is kind of unfortunate. Like people tend to like tail off. Um, but like, I definitely think it helps. And just like, it's a good life skill, like learning to like meet new people and like break those barriers that like either you have for yourself or just like social barriers in general, because like, at least for us, conferences are definitely like Mm -hmm. that research groups. Like if you're entering a lab group, that's like already established trying to get to know them and like break into that can be hard Um, at conferences, just like trying to break into a circle of like high caliber researchers and you think that you have a good idea to talk about or just like want to get your name out there can be hard, but just like practicing meeting new people and just like trying to break down those mental barriers mm-hmm. can be really helpful. For sure. Did you guys join any clubs or are you still in any clubs? We're not in any, any clubs anymore, really. You go to astronomy clubs sometimes, right? No. No. You'd know. I wouldn't. Well, no, he doesn't come. Yeah. So I was one of those people who I went my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I was actually pretty active up till my sophomore year. I don't and I think you. I think when you got elected secretary yeah. is when I stopped going. It's the no, reason. No, yeah, no correlation he hated there. You. I swear. <laughs> um, and then for a period of time. And by that, I mean one meeting. Uh, I try to get involved with the AIAA, mm-hmm. but that never That's really worked American out. American Institute of yeah. Astrono- Aeronautics and Astronautics. We've collaborated with them this semester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I don't quite know the full name, so I hesitated from saying it. I did. <laughs> I joined Taekwondo. I did Taekwondo my whole first year. I'm cool. a yellow belt. Did you know that? And then wow. you um had your... Yeah, I tried... The advocate. Yeah, I tried two different ways to start my own All club right. for human rights advocacy on this campus, and both times got declined uh, official recognition to the point where I was just it was just too much to try and keep it going without any help from the school. So hmm. that that was that. What is the biggest barrier to your ability to be successful as a club? Hmm. That's a good question. I think since we are an established club and we've been around for a while, um, like, I don't know the different iterations of like formality that the university has gone mm-hmm. through for clubs, but I know this is like our, like we're, I think this may be like our 11th year in whatever iteration there currently is. Um, so we're definitely like, we've been around and people know us. I think some of the biggest barriers are probably the governing bodies that like we have to um, oblige to their rules. So like mm-hmm. student engagement and the undergraduate student government just for like complying with their, their bylaws for like financial stuff of like what we can spend money on or like how we go about actually holding an event or just re-registering as a club for each year. That is like kind of a newer, like it's, become a more difficult process in the last couple of years and it's just a lot of bureaucratic nonsense and honestly i think a lot of it is aimed at trying to kill the greek life on campus but that's a side thing um and i don't know that has been like a little difficult but i think that we are at least known enough that people who at least will want to come will try to come um I know at orientation, like, all the orientation leaders always say, like, oh, you, like, I have a lot of friends who are orientation mm-hmm. leaders. They'll say, like, oh, like, you can go up on the roof of the ESS with the astronomy club or something like that. Or, oh, it's a good date spot, even though I don't know why they keep saying that, because no one is really allowed up there unless you're with us. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just eyeing us. Giving us spooky side Smoldering eyes. eyes. If you slide me a couple bucks, I'll let you on the roof. I mean, I have the key code. So do I. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, spread that information. If you're ever looking for a date spot, I can let you up. (laughs) If you're looking for a date. Hit me up. (laughs) Hit Matt up. Just kidding. (laughs) If you're looking for a platonic occasion to spend with someone, hit Matt up. If you're looking for a lesson on how to use a telescope, I may not be allowed to do that, but I'll definitely do it for a few bucks. (laughs) Do you want to kind of tidy it up? Yeah, we can wrap it up. Yeah. I suppose. Uh, yeah. Closing thoughts. Oh, I remember I, oh, I, I wrapped it up like so well last oh, time and it was like nice. such a bad joke. <laughs> you got to try and remember a pun from three weeks ago. You could play the track. Oh, I, that's true. I do have. Maybe I'll insert it. <laughs> maybe just edit it in post. Edit in your joke from three weeks ago. Yeah. Sure, it would be great. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. It's probably something about like geology rocks. To be probably. honest, that's like the most solid pun there is. 
even that in, in itself was a pun. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many layers. Yeah. Get it? I get nice one. <laughs> <laughs> this cannot devolve into, an, into a geology pun fest. No. See, you don't really have too many puns in plasma physics, do you? None that most people get. Everyone has to take earth science. They've at least studied a little bit of kind of like geology stuff. Like they know what a rock is. They know the names of some minerals. You know, maybe maybe. they know igneous, sedimentary, and all that. Like no one knows plasma physics, but plasma physicists hit us with a plasma physics pun. A plasma? I can't even think of one. Mm. Disappointing. Because all the words are too long. Hmm. There's got to be one, at least one joke. Do you know any plasma physics jokes? Allow me to not at all Google it. I'm original and funny. And I'm not at all stalling. So, Matt, are you going to come back to the astronomy club? Um, so I assume we're not going to be having a meeting next week. No, not next week. But we will be having... Yeah, what's the topic? Do you our, know the topic next week? Yeah, our week? last meeting of the semester will kind of be a year in review. So, like, all of the cool space news that has happened. So it'll mm-hmm. kind of be like a summary. Well, it'll like, be a great uh, like a, first meeting. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little pop. Well, I mean, like actual stuff, like not just like mm-hmm. our club stuff, but real things that have happened. So like, we'll summarize like the MU um, sixty nine, the black hole imaging, um, or no, that was MU eighty. Im- like Im- I'm con- mixing up acronyms, but the black hole and then the um, flyby of Azeroth, the um, Kuiper Belt o- object. That was just recently renamed. Um, and like other cool things, I guess opportunities, mission ending, the opportunity rover, rest in peace, Afi. Oh, uh, I asked you this last time, but it's obviously lost. And I want it to be on the record. Mm-hmm. So you say it is not true that the rover sings itself happy birthday each year. No, it's not. I think it did it once and it wasn't like singing Mm. but no it doesn't do that well it's definitely dead now but yeah that's just a myth that that we've had a lot of people ask us can we have a moment of silence (laughs) on a podcast we can just edit one in (laughs) that's true (laughs) edit in a moment of silence Um, i guess turns out nothing comes up when you google plasma physics jokes which is really upsetting oh well well, what was the first result it was just generic physics jokes, and then none no. of them were plasma related. I was and hoping they were... you would just say like plasma physics, and that's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the joke. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, nothing comes up. Not a very funny field, I guess. Maybe I'll ask my advisor and see if he knows any. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Pressing email. Subject title: Urgent. He must. Research matters. <laughs> must tell joke on podcast. Mm. But how's the fern? Did we do the fern update? Uh, we did a pre-plant update and that I'm getting seven plants tomorrow, but mm-hmm. the fern itself is like, it's doing mediocre. You I know? will say from this side, I don't usually get this angle, but it does look pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, it always looks nice, but does it look mm. better considering how damaged it's been? <laughs> Not really. But, I don't know. you know, it's still growing. It's also hanging over a fire, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have it under control. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell campus res. I may or may not have a have a have a candle burning. Do you smell it? Isn't it nice? I don't really smell it. It's Bruce. I don't know if I've gotten used to it or what. Probably. 
I don't. It's a new one. You haven't sniffed this one before. Yeah, but I've been sitting here for a while. Oh, this is true. But did you enter the room and go spruce? No. Oh, then it's not sniffy enough. <laughs> you ever see the spruce goose? No. No. I saw the Phineas and Ferb episode about it. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. It's like a big wooden plane that flaps. Wait, did it flap? Oh, I, I may be thinking of something else. There was a plane there was that a someone plane built made that of, like, flaps. plywood and newspaper or something. I also saw the Mythbusters episode on it. Oh, I love Mythbusters. <sighs> Memories. They just put out a new uh, tested video for Adam Savage's channel on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know he had a channel. It's great. If you liked Mythbusters, but you wished it was dorkier. It was and, pretty dorky. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it's, it's just Adam Savage has a channel called, uh, like, Adam Savage's Tested or something. Okay. And literally, like, half of what he does is cosplay stuff. That's cool. So it's just him in, like, they have this, what they call it a cave, but it's literally just, like, a, a warehouse full of, like, woodworking, metalworking equipment and, like, prop-making equipment. Mm. And so they just, like, recreate movie props, cool. make cool, like, like... Uh, kind of like Rube Goldberg machine kind of random bullshit and he makes a a cosplay every year for both of the comic cons mm. so San Diego and New York and then he goes but they're always so that you can't see who it is underneath mm. and so he always goes without posting the video of him building it and then sees who can find him first and, <laughs> like, and then wow. after the con releases the video of him making the entire cosplay and they're really good. Speaking of Comic Con and Mythbusters, I actually met Grant Imahara at the first Comic Con that I went to. I think like my freshman year of high school. So that was pretty cool. I just like <laughs> saw him walk past me. I was like, Dad, wait. And then I like went and tapped on his shoulder because I like blanked on his <laughs> name in the moment. And I was like, Can I have a picture, please? And so that was like my first Facebook profile picture for like a year. You and Grant? Yeah. That's awesome. So Grant, if you're listening, I still remember. <laughs> oh my god! You could be our sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get Adam Savage's show to, to sponsor. <laughs> That's on you. Why is that on me? Because you're the one who listens to it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were the negotiator. Ooh. Yeah. Well, wait. no, you get the attention. I'll negotiate. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think this is a fair business relationship. Okay, I'll work on it. We'll have to review the terms of our contract. <laughs> Matt and I aren't actually friends. We just have a contract that we'll do this once a week, and then we, we leave each other alone the rest of the time. Oof. Until she has to ask me a question on the physics homework. Oh. Ooh. Excuse me. Which, for someone who does uh, nuclear-related work, happens more often than you'd think. Hey, sometimes. Is it nuclear I homework? forget calculus. It's close enough. It's okay. always... Like, question. What? Mm-hmm. So, if this is your Z-axis... <laughs> I love that you're pointing and miming things in the air on a podcast. If you have the Z-axis. Oh, yeah, we were pointing directions to a, to a building on campus on the <laughs> yeah. last one. We were, mi- we were oh, miming we were building about, like, orientations. The lost hidden buildings on campus. Yeah, like oh, the one under physics. The the... I took a photo of the Vanagraph the other day. I should post it on our Instagram. Yeah. Because yeah. the door was open. I was like, hello, accelerator. No one uses. Yeah, there's like an accelerator in abandoned physics building pretty much the building itself isn't abandoned it's just been repurposed into a bunch of different labs that aren't related mm. to the van Graaff anymore but the van Graaff accelerator itself is like just sitting there mm. there's also like a building just for a high pressure experiment for like mineral physics and like like seeing like what 
the core and like inner layers of the earth is like and matt was like i don't recall a building ever being where you're describing it Mm -hmm. because you just don't notice it continue making fun of my lack of knowledge of geometry right so if you have the z axis and you have a vector with one end at the origin and the other end just pointing off into space somewhere you know as most vectors do the angle between that vector and the z axis would you call that theta or phi you can call it whatever you want what would you call it it's not whether you would call it theta or phi. It's whether you would call it the azimuthal or the polar angle. Um, Which is encoded in whether or not you call it theta or phi. Here's the thing. I, that... I mean, I like theta as a character better. So I call it the first angle theta and then the second one Which one's one, the phi. first one, though, to you? Is it polar or Well, azimuthal? whichever one the question asks me to solve first <laughs> to me is theta. Like, That's I... so confusing. So in spherical with... coordinates. He says it's theta. It's theta. You think it's phi because you're wrong. The azimuthal is wrong. phi. And... I, I'm not the one to ask. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I don't deal with polar coordinates. I'm just saying often. math had the right idea. Do you know why? Do you know why math had the right idea here? Because in polar coordinates, what's the polar angle called, Matt? It's called theta, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were still in high school. What, so two dimensions doesn't count anymore? No. In cylindrical coordinates, what's the polar angle called? Phi. No. Yeah. It's called theta. No, it's not. In Maybe. cylindrical coordinates? Anyways. Um, depending on whether or not it's cloudy Sunday night, I may have something I could present at your next meeting. If you're doing okay. like a whole recent news thing. Sure. Yeah. If you want, that would be cool. I just hope it's not cloudy. Because I sure do. I, For your sake, I hope it's not cloudy either. Because the end of the semester is coming up. Well, it's not for the lab. Oh, it's not. It's for okay. um, like a or... impromptu fun oh, okay. observation That's thing. Cool. Slash, let's take this data hmm. and publish it before your grad applications are due. Nice. Yeah, we tried to do an impromptu, like, fun observing with, like, all the old eboard members uh, for Blair's birthday. And then when we used the uh, observatory, we realized that it's broken. And so yeah. I never a- uh, asked Ayal about a follow-up of, like, his email to Anya, but that is... <laughs> it seemed to be, like, unbalanced altogether. This is great podcast content. Yeah, because yeah. at the end of our last observations, like... The telescope tracking and the sinking and the slewing was all perfect. Went right to the stars we wanted. And then we went to park the telescope. And it went from pointing up towards the stars to thinking that the stars were underground. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, no. And for the some same reason... The thing kept happening to us. Basically, yeah. the, uh, it just looked like the telescope got sad and just <laughs> literally dropped its head. So it's it's had some better days. How do you feel about telescopes? Okay. I think it's really funny. So I'm now the president of the astronomy club, but I cannot operate any of the telescopes. I can't even mm. set them up. I can look through them. And that's about it. Mm. But yeah, because that's kind of interesting to me sometimes. Like as a planetary science, planetary geologist person, I'm like kind of stuck in the middle of like my geology friends 
and my astronomy and physics friends whereas like i don't really care about the earth and like terrestrial geology as much as my geo friends and then i don't have like the strong physics and astronomy background of like my astronomy friends and so i just kind of get put in the middle like i even go to an entirely separate conference um like my first reu had both geology projects and astronomy projects and so almost all of them all the geo people went to the american geophysical union conference and then all of the astronomy people went to double as the what does that stand for again american astronomical society probably and then i have my own conference called lpsc the lunar and planetary science conference so i was like the last one to present and i was all alone but it was okay um but yeah it's interesting um actually we were making an exam an astronomy test like the astronomy club was for the science olympiad club that they were going to have for like high school students and middle school students i think and so some of the e-board like wanted to see if i could do the test <laughs> um, just with like because i haven't taken an astronomy class here except for a search for life in the universe which is like a general education class yeah. and so i was looking at a hertzsprung russell diagram which kind mm. of shows like how stars are classified based off of how bright and how hot they are and like i was trying to figure out like which is like the lowest mass one and just like different things mm-hmm. and i had like a general idea of how the plot works and so i was like you just using my intuition to figure it out and i did, like got a few of them right i was just really proud of myself because that <laughs> affirmed to me that i could do it and also affirmed to me that i can do it in front of my e-board and so that they <laughs> so they don't think i'm useless and just a rock boy i'm glad yeah I'm happy for you yeah that rocks it does rock. geology Rocky. rocks uh space is cool because it is it's like 2.7 kelvin well the cmb is i don't know about yeah the no back isn't of space. C- cmb is three cmb is 2.755 kelvin that's the cosmic microwave background on the physics GRE. i will three. say <laughs> cosmology is ridiculously philosophical yeah. if you like really listen to what's going on it's obnoxious I just learned at our meeting this week that there's a CNB, a cosmic neutrino background. I wonder if that's correlated to like, the fact oh, that cool. we literally learned that last class. <laughs> really? Well, our topic, well, like we pick our topic like a week in advance. Um, so we mm. were doing like the fastest things mm. in the universe from like the fastest human, like Usain Bolt, to the manhole cover, to like neutrinos mm. and light itself. The CNB is ridiculous because it takes you all the, bit, all the way back to one second after the Big Bang. Oh, wow. I which got you is beat. crazy. I got you beat. Okay, particle physicist. Yep. Hi. But is it the real thing? No. <laughs> Can you tell me about weathering profiles on Mars, though? Ooh. <laughs> no. Can you tell me about... I can't tell you either. Electroweak <laughs> interactions? No. I can tell you about is that like um, the, um, the formation of deuterium and how the universe just subverted the decay of free neutrons. Hashtag free neutrons 2019. Hashtag thank God for binding energies because that's why we're alive. <laughs> yeah, Hashtag I... everything's a coincidence. <laughs> Anyways, I'm out of things to talk about. Me too. Yeah. I'm too t- I was too tired to think of things that you might not know that I know. 
I don't. I'm too tired to know what I know anymore. Plasma physicists be like, just done, just exhausted. Two hour meeting really took it out of me. I was doing great before that. I was so hype, and then I I hard crashed like two thirds into the way of the way into that meeting, and now I'm like, ooh, ready for bed. Well, apparently the quiz bowl is a thirty minute written exam, and I have until eight ten to get there, which is in seven minutes. Alright, so. so we should head up. Yes, so thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming for a second time. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks for making it, it up after I fucked up. <laughs> it was fire I'm, back time. This one I'm up. gonna back this one up. I'll make sure she does it. Oh my god. Alright, folks, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Woo!